You're listening to 15 Minutes with a Mensch. I'm Bill Battistone. This episode's guest is Karen Breen, current president of Redef Shalom Congregation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Karen is currently finishing her term as president when she steps down in June of this year. She has served for three years as president of the congregation, and before then, she was an executive vice president and president of the Sisterhood Group. Karen first became involved at Redef Shalom when she was a teacher in the Hebrew program and implemented the first family Hebrew class almost 25 years ago that still takes place today. When she's not serving the congregation, Karen directs a small consulting firm in architecture and planning, a career that she's had for over 25 years. She specializes in community involvement and engagement. Karen's three years of presidency of Redef Shalom are quite unique. Typically, a term is two years, but in the midst of the COVID pandemic, Karen agreed to take on a second term with the caveat that she would step down when the time was appropriate. Karen has steered the congregation through two major crises and has certainly had a unique experience in her role. I was really excited to talk to Karen about her time as president and allow her a moment to reflect on some of the major successes the congregation has had under her watch, but also some of the challenges we still face in Reformed Judaism. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Karen Breen and the 15 minutes I was able to spend with her. Okay, Karen, well, thanks for joining us. We're so excited to have you on. I know you're really busy, but thanks for taking the time. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks, Bill. So, Karen, can you just start by telling us a little bit about you know, your journey to Redef and what originally inspired you to, to get involved? Okay. Um, so I really got involved, um, I would say, 20 years ago. I joined um, the temple 36 years ago when I married my husband. He was a member of junior congregation. I really um, wasn't necessarily looking at Redef. I um, uh, I married Rich. He was involved with the congregation. We moved across the street from Rabbi Jacob, where we still live, across the street from Rabbi Jacob. And I thought, how could we ever leave the congregation now? Um, such a, an amazing man. But honestly, I never thought about being a leader in the congregation at all. It just kind of sneaked up on me. I, I started uh, about 20 years ago, 20-some years ago, teaching family Hebrew. It was just an experiment. Um, when our daughter went to religious school, she uh, was having a little bit of anxiety about going and didn't want to go. And I had read something that they needed um, substitute teachers. So I said, I'll make a deal with you. We'll both go on Sunday mornings, and I'll substitute wherever I'm needed. I started asking kids about their Hebrew when I was just teaching in various classes because I'm, I'm fluent in Hebrew. I um, uh, think about um, the Hebrew school. Um, I had a very different kind of Hebrew school experience, not the traditional experience. And um, one of the things that, that students were telling me was that there wasn't um, a framework at home where Hebrew was comfortable. Their parents had been 
um, members at a time when there weren't bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs. Um, Hebrew was not part of the service, and they didn't really have anyone to practice with. And so um, I had this idea of starting a family Hebrew class in, and parents and children. Sometimes it was grandparents. Um, sometimes it was another relative. Uh, but what happened was that these classes started to be really like a family. Um, got to know the kids and the families, and suddenly um, I felt like I went from the periphery of the congregation to a much more uh, important part of it because I knew these families. And um, honestly, uh, when I was um, tapped by the nominating committee to consider uh, elevating to a leadership position to senior vice president, I was stunned and I said, I'm not a leader type, I'm not a maher, um, but I thought about it. They said, give it a try. Um, at that point, I actually, I must say, I had already accidentally become um, president of sister of what was then sisterhood. Um, I think because I showed up uh, to a meeting and, and they saw a new person and suddenly I was vice president and then I was president. Um, and they were a wonderful group of, of women, incredible group of women. So I was honored that they um, asked me to, to lead them. Uh, then I, by virtue of being president of Sisterhood, I was on the board at that time, and that's when I was tapped by the nominating committee. So um, I have to say, even though I was really reluctant, I'm really glad that I did. It's been extremely gratifying. Okay. I will tell you that my predecessor told me that one day I will realize that the three best words in the English language are immediate past president. <laughs> and I look forward to that point in time. But in the meantime, it has been a very, very rewarding experience. That's great. You know, I, I you talk about teaching the family Hebrew. I am a graduate of the uh, Aleph Bet boot camp at Redef Shalom. So I did attend the four-day boot camp. Um, and I say that that got me off to a great start leading into my adult bar mitzvah group. So I appreciate that. You are a wonderful Hebrew teacher um, oh, as, a, as a former student. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And, you know, I thought a lot about that boot camp. It was way too quick, I think, to expect people to be able to learn Hebrew. But it was just sort of the idea was just get your feet wet. And um, mm -hmm. so, yeah. Excellent. So, Karen, you know, thinking back, you, you talk about your journey through, you know, Rodef, and you've obviously served as president now for three years, which, you know, is a little bit unique, but obviously it's a unique time. Um, and you talk a little bit about that. But are there any profound or impactful moments when you look back on, on your either term as president or your involvement with the congregation? Is there any moments that that really will stick with you in terms of um, inspiring you to continue to do the work and can you maybe just share a little bit about that i can think of a couple right off the bat the first one was the day of the terrible tragedy of tree of life i was in services that morning um and rabbi as i was walking into services rabbi bisno pulled me aside and said look at my phone and we were beginning to get the news at that point. So we went into services, he was leading. Uh, we were going through services. We had you know, a regular Saturday morning, fairly large crowd. And um, I was going out to get news and coming back. And we um, realized that we were going to need to make an announcement to go into 
um, lockdown, which we did, um, and then we found out just how terrible things were. But it was that moment of thinking about the responsibility for our congregants, for the congregation, and um, the all, all of the days after that, the unfolding of incredible wellspring of support from the community, and the and how the community came together and showed such such incredible support. I remember a. Um, a lecture that was given by Rabbi Danny Schiff at um, the anniversary of Kristallnacht, where he compared Kristallnacht to what happened at the day of Tree of Life. And at Kristallnacht, when, when synagogues were destroyed and Torahs were burned, the um, police stood by and watched that happen. And when we think about how the first responders, how the police came in and, and, and simply um, protected us, it was really astonishing. Um, at the end of that day, it was about three o'clock in the afternoon when we finally, the, the last few of us finally left Temple. And I walked out to the parking lot and there was a policeman from Carnegie Mellon parked there. And I went over to his car and I um, said, I introduced myself and I appreciated the fact that he'd been there. And he stood up, um, all six foot eight of him probably. And he took me in this big bear hug and he just said, everyone should feel safe worshiping. And that was just so meaningful to me um, on that level. And so I think, I think on the one hand, that moment when um, the just the wellspring of community support and all of the things that happened after that, the vigils, the, um, the funerals that we hosted, um, and then opening our temple to Tree of Life and to Dor Hadash and bringing them in with us um, was um, incredibly inspiring. Mm -hmm. Another moment stands out in my mind, and that is that at the High Holidays this past year, we asked people, what is it that you would miss most about, about the holidays, given the pandemic and given that the facility was closed? And what we ascertained was that people really wanted to be in person for Yisker. In fact, I remember seeing you and Martina at Yisker services. Mm -hmm. So there was that moment when people hadn't been able to be in the facility and came in for a very brief worship service, but to be in the sanctuary. And I realized about the incredible importance of both being with other people and being in the facility itself. And uh, that really stands out to me. Everybody who came um, to one of those services had a transformative moment. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, we we knew how important it was for us just to be able to get back there, just for even just a brief service, like you said. And um, it was a really beautiful moment for sure. Um, so, Karen, then looking back, kind of big picture, and and kind of taking a step back. You know, obviously, you're going to be the president of the congregation until June of this year. Uh, but looking back on kind of the last three or so years, what other successes or um, what are some other things that you're proud of, maybe personally, but also from the congregation perspective? What are some things you might be able to highlight? Well, I think, first of all, the sense of collaboration 
with other folks in the community. The partnership that we developed with Dorkadash and with Tree of Life that's continued, the others who are in our facility with us. Um, the other thing that um, I did, and this was actually at Rabbi Business urging, was to convene monthly a discussion with all of the reform, conservative, and reconstructionist presidents in the area. And it's been extremely meaningful. Um, we have all felt that it was um, so important to be able to um, share information. We just, in fact, it's not just sharing information, but it's really having somebody understand what you're going through as president and the challenges around us. Um, we just met yesterday morning. We typically meet on a Sunday morning by Zoom. Um, and uh, we spent a lot of time talking yesterday about what do we envision things will look like on the other side um, and what does it mean to be a congregation now. I think that's the real challenge. The real challenge now is that in a sense, I think the pandemic sped up what was happening anyway. The um, trend toward non-affiliation, the sort of isolation of people. And um, it brought into very clear relief that we need to think long and hard about how we're going to meet that challenge going forward. Because I really do believe things will not go back to the way they, they were before. So Karen, that kind of gets to my next question, which is, obviously, we know the challenges we're facing with with COVID and, and coming out of COVID on the other side of this. But, you know, I want to talk maybe big picture. What are some other challenges that, you know, I know obviously we've had Matthew Falcone on as a podcast guest. So if people haven't heard that episode, they can certainly listen to to him. And he talks a little bit about this as well, of, of taking over a congregation uh, as president in these times as well. But what are some of the biggest challenges in general that are facing congregations in 2021? Well, first of all, as I mentioned before, the sort of lack of affiliation, sort of rethinking the meaning of congregation to a member, and maybe even rethinking membership, that the old model of membership dues, and I shouldn't say old, I mean, that's in fact our current model, but we really need to think about what people value. And we need to think about whether the model that we've had so far is a reasonable model going forward. Um, there are there have been ideas such as I think the Union of Reform Judaism uh, floated an idea of having folks belong to any one congregation, and it meant that they belong to all congregations. It's a time where we really need to think about innovation and about ways to rethink, understand that we have done business in a certain way for quite a while, and it worked. There were, uh, I think we met people's needs, absolutely. But I don't think we're meeting them now. Um, and I think that we need to uh, be visionary. Uh, we need to think, as Rabbi Bisno has suggested, that the problems that we're, sol that we're trying to solve are facing other congregations. We shouldn't do it alone. We can't do it alone. And um, the time is now to really think about substantive change. I'm inspired by the folks on the board, on the executive committee, by our rabbis, by others who are writing and thinking about these issues. And um, I think that what we'll see is that in, that in the next few years, our push for thinking about 
supporting community, supporting our members, but being innovative at the same time, I believe will be rewarding. But we have a lot of work to do in that score. So if people are listening to this, Karen, and they are inspired, and I think you, you, your story and the leadership that you've given to this congregation, I mean, we've been members of Redef for four years now, so a bulk of our membership has been under your watch, right? And, and so, uh, but I think, you know, on behalf of, of Martina and I, I just want to thank you for the work that you've done, um, just because I know how hard it is, and uh, I know it can be a real thankless job at times, but you've really done a tremendous job with, with leading our congregation, especially through two major, major events that we've already touched on. Um, so if somebody is listening to this and they're inspired to get involved or, or they're, they, they're, they want to be a part of that change and what Redef looks like in the future, what advice would you give them and where can they start? Well, interestingly, we are finally revamping our website to be able to make portals for people to enter um, those places that interest them, um, whether it's social action, social justice, or uh, learning and worship. I think that we have some really active committees. Certainly your work on the Prayer Practice and Learning Committee um, has shown that we have uh, some really interesting programming. I think people should not be afraid to uh, think about joining a committee. Kristen Karsh, who's the membership director, has actually been elevated to membership director in the last um, six months, um, is taking a, a really active role in engaging membership. So I think that that's something that we haven't been uh, strong enough in in the last few years. And um, so I think I think joining a committee joining a project. One of the other ideas we've had is to have more task forces, more, um, more, more work that's focused on a specific project. I don't know that people really want to just join a committee and meet and talk. I mean, as you've exhibited, people want to take on a project. They want to do something. And um, we want to have an environment that fosters that, that allows people to come in and uh, make something happen. Well, we hope that people will uh, certainly explore the website, look for options. I know there's plenty of people they can contact in the main office, but um, I hope people that are hearing this are inspired by your story because I certainly am. And um, like I said, I just appreciate your work over the last couple of years. So um, Karen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Um, maybe we can get you back on at a later time and get an update on all the different things you're going to involved in post-presidency, outgoing president, as you said, um, and we'll, we'll have you back on again. But we appreciate your time this evening. Well, thanks so much, Bill. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. I'm very excited about this whole process. Thank you. Fifteen Minutes with a Mensch is a podcast supported by the Prayer, Practice, and Learning Committee of Deaf Shalom Congregation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. For more information on upcoming events or how you can get involved, visit our website at www.rodefshalom.org. I'm Bill Battistone. <laughs>